Before we get started today, did you know that both of us are trained and experienced coaches ready to work alongside you as you unlock your full potential? At Thrive in the Hive, our focus is on empowering moms and dads just like you. By exploring the core drivers in your everyday decisions, we'll work together to raise your awareness and harness your power to consciously choose how you show up for your parenthood. Imagine yourself with complete confidence and clarity in who you are. Imagine yourself equipped to seize life by the horns, creating limitless opportunities and recognizing limitless potential for you and your family. Message us to set up a free discovery call. Happy thriving! Hi everyone, we're Brianna and Suzanne, two teacher moms who are passionate about helping you create a home environment where your family truly thrives. We're here to help you with anything from setting up your family goals and the perfect physical space in your home to managing school expectations and parent-teacher conferences and everything in between. Whatever the unique needs of your family, we're here to help you get set up for success. Thank you for joining us today as we explore another topic to help you thrive in your hive. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive in the Hive. Hey, everybody. We are so excited to be spending this time with you today and are going to dive into a conversation that is something that we feel that every single one of you will identify with, and that is the art of conversing as a family. Sometimes I think we get stuck in those like scripted questions. How was your day? What did you eat for lunch? Who did you play with at recess? And in in our busy lives, even though this seems like something that should be on the focus, on the forefront, in our busy lives, sometimes it's hard to have some of those more meaningful conversations as a family, whether it's in the car or at the dinner table or whatever, that really get everyone in the family connecting and conversing and hopefully laughing together or problem solving together. And so we thought it would definitely be worth our while to spend a little bit of time focusing on this. Because no matter what your kids' ages are, mine are little bitty, Suzanne's are older, you want to have those meaningful conversations as a family. Exactly. When they're little, sometimes it's hard to get them talking. My husband and I have always had this balance of we want to foster independence, which we've done podcasts about. And with fostering that independence, sometimes what happens is that the kids think, I need to be able to handle all this and deal with everything on our own. And so then sometimes that can block communication because then they think, oh, I shouldn't talk to mom and dad about this because I'm supposed to be independent. So as parents, we really try hard to keep this balance of, yes, we're proud of you. Yes, we want you to be independent. We love how you can handle things on your own, but you always can come to us and talk to us because we're here for you and we can help you through any situation. And those are the times I think when you really want these conversations because maybe they're struggling with something in their lives and they're afraid to talk to you about it. It's that balance and it's that fine line that you have to cross because you're wanting them to be able to handle things on their own, but they still need you. I still need my mom and my dad. Thank God I still have both my parents. I'm in my 40s and I still go to them with things. I'm also very independent, but teaching them that they can have both sides of things. And 
you have to be able to have these conversations with them. But it's also important not just to have the serious conversations with your kids, but to have all the fun conversations with your kids. And so today in our episode, we're going to really try to dive into some strategies you can use just to get them talking and teach them how to have conversations as well, not just with you, but you're modeling conversations so that when they're out with their friends or they're at a friend's house and and the parents there are asking them questions, like they can have meaningful conversations with everybody out in the world too and with their teachers and everybody. Right. This will spill over into every area. So I think it's worth mentioning what the inspiration for this podcast was. So I know we've mentioned before, but Suzanne and I offer coaching for families, parents specifically, who are just ready to, they're probably already doing an amazingly fantastic job, but they want to up level in some way. And so we work with clients who, whatever the specific area of parenting is that they want to work on or running their household is that they want to work on, we work with them to meet their goals of going to wherever it is that they want to go. And so in our journey to do that, I started an actual coaching program to just kind of up-level my own coaching. So I'm being coached on coaching, and it's been a fantastic journey so far. And in my session this past week, we were talking about why I'm doing this and what my goals are and the areas that I wanted to work on. And through the process of questioning and exploring what's really going on in my head, we arrived at this topic of engaging my kids and talking to them and just really bringing out this conversational side of them and letting them see that about me, letting them see that like my guard is not always up, I'm not always disciplinarian. And so we started brainstorming various ways that I could work on this with my family. And my coach challenged me to integrate more meaningful conversations with my kids, with my family, my husband. And so that very night that I had that coaching session, we actually sat down at the table and I introduced this concept of giving each other grace. And it was just such a beautiful conversation that my family had. Like we talked about, okay, what does it mean to give someone grace? What does it mean to receive grace? Who needs grace? We all need grace from each other. We need grace from God. God is very important in our households and in our lives. And so we we have these conversations with our kids And the long and short of it is that a conversation that would have typically been those generic questions of, what'd you do at recess today? What'd you learn at school? Because we started school this past week. What did you have for lunch today? Turned into this beautiful conversation of this topic of grace. And we talked about things like, when are some times when you give grace to others? When are some times when you receive grace from others? What is grace? And we gave them the language of like, hey, give me some grace. Let's talk about when a time when you would need to give me some grace. Let's help each other. Let's give each other the tools and the words to live in this state of grace with each other. I gave them an example and took them out of it to try to help them to think about it. But I said, next time daddy does something that's kind of like annoying me and I'm getting aggravated, I need someone to say, hey, mommy, give daddy some grace. And they laughed about that. And we all kind of had a laugh about that. My husband rolled his eyes. (laughs) Of course, he never does anything. (laughs) No, no, because our husbands are perfect. We would never need to give them any grace. (laughs) Exactly. And so we just had this like light, happy, 
but very purposeful and meaningful conversation. And then the next morning, we're getting ready for school. And like I said, they just really started school this past week. And so we're still tweaking our routines a little bit. And my two boys started getting on each other's nerves. And it was so funny because one of the boys said, hey, give me some grace. And they both started laughing in a moment that like in another situation, they might have been yelling at each other. Right. It could have turned into a big argument or a fight. Right. And then that totally diffused the situation. I love that. That's 100%. Brilliant. Yeah. I think and that's so, so I was so happy. It was like one of those proud mom moments because do they fully understand what this means yet? Probably not. But I was so excited that they used that phrase and that they were able to use a strategy that I had just talked to them about, what, 12 hours before at dinner mm-hmm. the night before. And it was already working in our house. So I was just so excited about that. And I was mentioning it to Suzanne and we were like, you know what, we need to talk about this on the show. And so um, I really hope that you are able to extract something from this today that you're able to apply right away in your household and start seeing those amazing benefits. It really works. And if you think about wherever your kids go to school, probably embedded within the curriculum of that school is some kind of guidance or social or character building curriculum. You might see like character traits, like I've been in schools before where we would pick a character trait every month and we would focus on that character trait. And that gets communicated to the parents. So check your newsletters, check what's coming home from the school, check what's coming home from your teacher, because you're probably going to see something like that coming home where they're trying to teach things like giving people grace or being honest, just whatever the different characteristics that are coming up. That is a really great place to start when you're trying to think about having these meaningful conversations or just teaching your kids these kinds of skills and these character traits. And having these conversations when they're trapped with you is a good place to start. So I love the car as a place because I think we have so many kids that want to just be on their devices in the car all the time. So you can say, put your devices down. We're going to talk about this or at the dinner table. And for us, God is also the center of our lives. And if you go to church, that's another place to start. So think about what the readings were or what the homily was. And you can kind of build that into your day. If you've just been at church, you know, maybe Sunday night's not the time to talk about it, but thinking like a mental note, okay, they were talking about forgiveness or whatever the topic was, you can weave that into your Monday night or your Wednesday night conversation and just ask them questions like you were saying, Brianna, of when would you use this trait? When would somebody need to offer that trait towards you? And get getting them thinking, and I'm telling you what, my kids are 19 and 17 now, and some of the things we've learned, I'll say, from these kinds of conversation starters, we never would have found out about if we had just asked the typical, how was your day? What did you do at school today? Now that my kids are adults, practically, I'll walk in the door and they ask me, hi, mom, how was your day? It's really cute. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the role reversal. And honestly, I feel like they did for all those years where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I haven't even processed my day yet. It was crazy. I was running around all over the building, you know, whatever was going on. But it's sometimes you don't want to talk about it right away. Like, I just left it. I can't talk about it. <laughs> Give me a couple hours to process what happened. And so you kind of, as parents, understand that. But if you ask different questions, you're not going to walk in the door and go, 
when have you offered someone forgiveness? That's kind of weird, but you can weave it into the conversation and you can, we have found out so much stuff. I just remember we would be at the table or in the car and I, I know that my husband and I are looking at each other thinking we never would have known this about their day or about their teacher or about some kid in their class if we hadn't heard this. And sometimes it's things where you think we need to reach out. Like you find out that somebody's parent has been sick, but you never knew. And so you think, oh my gosh, maybe we can make them a meal or do something to help out. Just things that if you're asking the boring questions that they don't want to answer or they are hard to answer, you're never going to find that information out. But having these conversations with them, it just gets them thinking in a different way. And they're not necessarily on the spot. I think kids feel like they're exhausted when they get home and you ask, how was your day and what did you learn? Again, I don't think they've processed it and they have no idea. And so we always get the nothing kind of answer. But if you just ask it differently, if you ask about this character trait or you ask something in a more roundabout way, then they can answer you. Sometimes we would do things like, tell me three things you were thankful for today. And that's hard. I mean, kids have a hard time with that. And sometimes it goes around the table and it's coming to me and I'm thinking, oh, what were three things I was thankful for? But you might get something like, I was thankful that there was soft grass under the swings today from when I fell off. And you think, oh, really, you fell off the swings today because you probably wouldn't have gotten that story if you didn't ask them this question. So then you can kind of delve deeper. Why did you fall off the swing? Maybe they just were clumsy and they fell off. Maybe someone pushed them off. Maybe, like, who knows? So then you can go, ah, is there something going on that we need to be aware of? Was it just an accident? So you can get a lot more information from your kids when you just ask those different kinds of questions. You just find out a lot more. I love that example of of the falling off the swing because you're totally spot on and that you'll find out these little pieces of information. And, you know, a, a minute ago we were talking about like bringing up values to your kids during these conversations or like a word of the month or word of the week, similar to the guidance or character building program at school. But when you are integrating that into their daily life, it's so much more concrete for them. And they're so much better able to extract the content, so to speak, that you're trying to teach them and apply it to their everyday life. You can also think about tying in your family priorities. Like hopefully all this goes hand in hand, but if you're stuck or you're at a starting place here, go back and reevaluate our family priorities. Go back and, and take a look at what's important to our family and start conversations on those topics. The possibilities are endless when you really start to think about it. I want to, in the next couple of days, I was thinking about this on one of my commutes to work this week, because that conversation about giving each other grace was so profound for us, and because it's come up multiple times in the last several days since we introduced that topic, the teacher in me came out and I want to go and, and just write down a list of topics that like I want to talk about with our kids because, you know, there's, <laughs> it's a rabbit hole, right? You have like 18 yeah. years and counting to form these amazing human beings and it takes work every single 
minute of every single day. Great work, but it is work. And so what are all these topics that like I want to cover when we're having conversations at dinner or when we're taking a walk together or when we're in the car together? I almost wanted to like build my curriculum, my dinner table conversation curriculum, but there are just the possibilities are endless. And so focus on who you are as a family and where you want to be as a family. And that can really guide these conversations. There's a joke in our family that when we start to try to talk to them about some of these values and character traits, they look at each other, Alex and Liliana will look at each other and like, okay, here we go. We're having the life lessons conversation again. But I think it's good that they recognize that because it means it's gotten in there. Like they already know it, I guess, if they're ready to just go, okay, we've heard this before. We know it. I think you can see that we're living this. But the parent in you will always say the parent in you, even when your kids are are almost grown. I feel like I'm out of time, you know, 19 and 17. I don't have that much opportunity to shape them anymore. In fact, I think they're fairly who they are. I mean, obviously they're going to change. We all grow and change, but it's late now. Like if they were, if there was some really negative trait about them, it'd be very difficult for Al and I to change this. They would have to recognize it and change it on their own at this point, I think. So Anyway, the whole point of that is when you will get to this point where they'll recognize that what's the conversation that's about to happen. But I think it's good when they do, because that means it's gotten in there and they probably Mm -hmm. already know it at this point. We like these conversations because Al says our style of parenting is, or one of the things that we do is this, he calls it the feedback loop. And that has been crucial in the way we've raised our kids. And with the feedback loop, what we do is it's all about observation and listening and communicating. So it's this constant cycle of watching what's going on. What's the body language? What's the attitude? What's the general vibe coming off of our kids? And then it's the conversations. You've got to have more meaningful conversations than how was your day because you're not going to find out. So you approach it with, who's the funniest kid in your class? Who annoys you at school? Because then you're going to find out things. And then you just listen, 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 gather as much information as you can. When they're away, Al and I will be like, what did you think about this? What did you think about that? Putting it together, thinking about how then later on, if we're concerned about something or we're like, we need to dig deeper, maybe there's something going on there. We don't just confront, especially when the kids were younger, we would never just confront them like, is there a bully or is someone bothering you or because we don't want to put something into the situation that's not really there. So then you come back and you ask more probing questions. You're like, well, tell me about this. Or, you know, you get more to the bottom of it. And then you discern basically like, oh, there's really nothing going on here. We don't need to be worried. Or maybe there is something we need to find out more information. So we just continue with that feedback loop. And we use that for everything, whether it's academics, extracurriculars, characters, values, whatever's going on, we constantly use that. But the conversation is really a key component of that and getting, asking the questions and getting them to talk so that you can find out the information. As they got older, we've been able to just be more direct with them because they're willing to talk and they're, most of the time they'll just come home and say, I'm having a problem with this and I don't know how to approach it. What can we do about it? And we'll sit down and role play with them and try this and say that and see what happens. Okay, come back. How did it work out? But when they were little, we were trying to build those tools to get them to this point where they are now, where they can just, we can have these direct conversations with them. 
So starting off when they're little, having these conversations uh, will get them to this point where you don't have to beat around the bush anymore. You can be more direct with them. I love that progression because I'm on the other end of it right now. And I know your kids, like I know a lot about your family and like how y'all talk to each other. And I totally see like in real life what you're describing, how they get from where my kids are. Like I'm teaching them, giving them the skills to be able to have these conversations and communicate everything about their lives that they want to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. And All the good and the bad, everything, yeah. Exactly. And then they get to where your kids are who, like your kids, obviously I'm not there for these conversations in your household, but I see how your kids communicate and how they present themselves and how they carry themselves. I can see that progression in real time right now, and that's so fantastic. It really works, and we were very intentional about having these conversations right from the very beginning. Even when they were babies, we would talk to them, and obviously when they couldn't talk, it was all one-sided conversation, but... They would hear Al and I talking when they were babies, and we would talk to them a lot. And then as they got to be verbal and could talk, we just included them more and more and just scaffold the conversation as they aged. But the key is having the more specific questions that you can ask. And I love the idea of the value of the character trait and tying that back to your family priorities because we did that a lot. And... I know I've talked in the past about one of our priorities is education and learning. And we've had a lot of conversations about that and about how are you getting the most out of school and just really bringing in the family priorities and making sure that the kids are feeling like they're reaching their goals and they're fulfilling their priorities and the things that they want. Looking back on it, I'm just glad that we did that. And we're we're very close. Like I know that the kids would come to us and talk to us about anything now because we really never gave up and we really pushed and pushed. And kids are going to go in and out of being open. Little kids are going to tell you everything, whether you want to know it or not. And they're going to get older and they're going to go through this phase, especially in middle school, where you're really going to have to pry and you're going to have to really be creative about getting them to talk. And you might be used to them coming home and telling you everything over the dinner table. And at some point, they're not going to, you're going to be sitting there not saying a whole lot. And that's normal, but you just don't give up. Just keep trying and get what you can get out of them because if you don't give up, they'll tell you some stuff. Then they're going to go into high school and they're going to get out of that awkward middle school stage and they'll if you've kept it going through middle school and you've kept trying and kept the door open, they will come back in high school and they'll start talking to you again. It's just, you got to get through those. I love middle schoolers, but they're their own breed for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an art form that you're describing. And when you were talking just now about making sure they're meeting their goals, I think a huge benefit of this conversation and starting these conversations very, very early on is that you're, you are actually teaching them to have goals, which in today's society, I think a lot of people walk around kind of aimlessly. You know, like we do what's expected of us. We go to school, we have a job, we do all the things. But I think a lot of people are are missing that component, myself included. Like it's just been recent as in in the last probably two years that I've really been focusing on goals and not just like doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do. And you have this amazing opportunity to instill that idea of living with intent 
and focusing mm-hmm. on goals from a very early age. And then it's a natural thing for your kids. And it's not something that like all of a sudden they wake up and they're 30 years old and they're like, wait, oh, I can set goals for myself. I don't just yeah. have to like follow this prescribed trajectory. And teaching them that you need direction, you need to have intention, you need to set goals, but also that you don't necessarily achieve every goal that you've set for yourself, and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Like going back, this is also coming back with the feedback loop. Like maybe you set a goal for yourself that's not realistic, and it's a learning curve. Like you want your kids to set some some high goals, of course, but then as parents, your job is to come back with that feedback loop and have these conversations with them and say, well, why do you think you didn't reach that goal? And get them to realize maybe I should have never made that goal in the first place. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with me because I didn't reach that goal. It's just the goal was a ridiculous goal to begin with. It was something that is that nobody could have achieved. Or just tweak it a little bit. Like what is something that you can do within this goal? And be proud of those accomplishments. That builds resiliency because you want them to set goals, but you also want to provide that support and tell them it's okay because I think a lot of people set goals for themselves that are unreachable and then they beat themselves up and they have all this negative talk to themselves, which just defeats the whole purpose of goal setting. And it just, it doesn't do anything positive for you. It just brings you down and there you feel bad about yourself. That's the opposite of what you want to do with goal setting. The whole idea is that you reach their goal or you, you know, tweak it and reach that goal and you feel, yay, I did it. Having this feedback loop and coming back to them and saying, it's okay. Don't give up on yourself. What's something else you can do? How can you tweak this? How can you get around it? And giving them those tools, then they're resilient. When they are adults and they make these goals, they can go, oh, maybe that was an unrealistic goal. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to tweak my goal. I'm going to change my goal. Okay, I feel good about this. So quickly, we're going to go into just some strategies. If you are you know, intrigued by this topic and are either a beginner or you're not quite sure how to get started, you could literally post a word somewhere for your whole family to see that you focus on for several days or a week or a month, whatever it is. So if you are needing that starting place, pick a word. Like for me, it was grace this last week. Pick a word. Maybe it's integrity. Maybe it's values. Whatever it is, post it there. Instead, it's there like you're seeing it every day and your family seeing it. You can even tell them. Because I know if I posted a word in my kitchen right now, my little inquiring minds would be like, mommy, why is there a word right here? And then that would be a conversation right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I posted this here because I want it to be a focus for us. This word here is grace. This is what grace is. And I really want to talk about this at dinner tonight, guys. So remind me, we all remind me. And of course they'd be like, yes, I'll remind you. And then they'd probably get into a fight over who's going to remind me, but they would just love that, that idea and they'd get involved. And so that, that's definitely a strategy. Cause for me, if something's out of sight, it's also out of mind. And I know that I need a sticky note or I need something there. I need it written in my planner. That's going to remind me to make this a focus. Yeah. And like the other thing you can do is get input on what to focus on. So maybe you get input from the school, from the newsletter, from whatever they're focusing on and think maybe in the beginning, start with your spouse. You could probably look at your house right now and see what's going on there. If there's something that's getting on everybody's nerves, you can pick that. Maybe honesty is something that you need to focus on with one of your kids. So you and your spouse work together and come up on that. But as you get into this, have the kids bring in their input because maybe there's something at school that they're trying to work on and they know they need help with a certain value, a certain character trait. And they can say, hey, next week can we focus on 
organization or whatever it is they want to talk about or um, talking to a bully, whatever they're struggling with, get the input from your kids as well. Because I think they'll get into it and they'll start to pinpoint areas that they want to talk about as well. For sure. And going along with that, as your kids get older and as this process becomes more natural for your family, assign different people to take turns guiding the conversation. Like I could totally see myself talking with Eli. He's my oldest. Hey, Eli, tonight at dinner, do you mind talking about this topic about like, let's talk about grace. And can you just share examples with the family on today at school, a time when you had to give someone grace? And can you just talk about that for us and give him that leadership role Mm -hmm. and give him the tools to like, not just be a participant in the conversation, but really start the conversation and get the conversation going. That's a totally different skill set that you'll also be working on at the same time that you're working on these other skills that we're talking about. It's such a huge, important skill for them to be able to develop because if they can do that at home, then they can do that out in the community as well. And part of this is you're trying to get your kids to be able to be amazing members of their community. So learning how to start a conversation with a stranger, with somebody that maybe not a stranger, but maybe their teacher or a friend's parent is an amazing skill to have. Everybody needs to have that skill. Another thing is just bringing this conversation, these conversations into daily life. When you're out and about and you see a situation, your family was talking about grace this whole past week and we talked about it. You mentioned that to me. So that word was on my mind. And Liliana and I were out driving and running errands yesterday, and I don't know what was going on, but there were a lot of really bad drivers on the road, just a lot of crazy stuff happening. Every mile, we had to dodge something. And people were so angry and so mad, and they were cutting each other off and yelling at each other all around us. And I just looked at Liliana. She was driving, and we went somewhere, and then she was like, I'm not driving anymore. She's like, you're driving now. Because she's like, it's just crazy on the roads today. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, we started talking about grace and how when we're driving, wouldn't it be nice if everybody just gave each other a little bit of grace? If somebody needs to change lanes, what if you just let them in instead of speeding up and blocking them? People get lost. People don't know where they are. Just take a deep breath and, like, have grace. Because I could see this happening in front of us. The person in front of me wanted to switch lanes and the people on in that lane wouldn't let them in. It's causing this huge traffic jam. The person in front of us getting really stressed out. I could see hands flying in the cars and I thought, it's just, grace would be a great thing right now. Aww, just let the poor person so in. <laughs> so your conversation carried over to my family, of course. The people who needed to hear that conversation were in other, other cars. But right. trying to teach that to Liliana, she doesn't drive like that. She's a very calm driver and she does give grace but reminding her like it's not gonna hurt you if you let somebody in you're gonna get there three seconds later than you would have gotten there just trying to teach all of those skills still right another way to bring this out into your everyday life is to even plan an outing like you know hey guys let's do something really fun this weekend and while we're there Let's challenge ourselves to recognize times when people are giving each other grace. Or let's challenge ourselves to recognize a time when we have the opportunity to choose honesty over dishonesty. Or let's recognize times when we have the opportunity to practice patience instead of being impatient. And I can just think of so many opportunities to have these meaningful conversations at dinner or in the car or whatever on the walk 
but then bring that out into society and show them, like, let's actually practice this now. Like, we've done a lot of talking about it, but let's actually practice it now. And so that's another whole topic, but it, it opens up so many doors. So our takeaway today is that meaningful conversations within your family unit not only calm down the dinner table and connect the members of your family through conversation, but also help to keep your family focused on growing together. And your action item is to give this a try. Pick a word or a concept that you'd like to focus on with your family this week. Ease into meaningful conversations and be open to the direction the conversation takes. We think you'll be surprised by the outcome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Thank you for being a part of our show today. If you enjoyed what you heard and would like to learn more about setting yourself up to thrive in your hive, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Also, check out our website at thriveinthehive.life. We can also be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We can't wait to talk with you again soon. Hi, listeners. Just a quick note that the views expressed in this podcast are solely the personal views of Brianna and Suzanne. They are not the viewpoints of any of the institutions that we may be affiliated with.